Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Trump weighing in on the college football season. And if you're watching in the Midwest, can he bring back the Big Ten? The three biggest stadiums in America, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, all in the Big Ten. The Big Ten, the first to postpone. And Kevin Warren did say, really nothing has changed at this particular point. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin will get into it in just a moment. It is a really big story, even if you're not a sports fan, with the nation's first fan weighing in and how many people, millions of people, set their schedules around college football in the fall. We'll get to it in just a little bit. Gigantic story here, about 60 days until the election, a lot of layers and complexity to it. But... Let's do the polar opposite. Let's scale back and it'd be simple and have a little fun. The Dancing with the Stars cast is out. And Key, if you were with us in the previous segment, Key was talking about his experience on the show. Great experience. And Jay, we are not letting him off the hook no, yet. No, no. And I'm taking Keyshawn's words. Give me the damn mic here. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson, a Hall of Famer wide receiver with incredible feet, was the first to go off the show. And you lost to Snooky. <laughs> Snooky. <laughs> And then Bill not a science guy? They got they they have social media followers. What do you want me to say? I don't want any excuses about Bill not a science was, guy and his social media followers. Man, Snooky from the Jersey Shore. I know, right? <laughs> Come on, man. I, I, hey, man. What what do you want me to do, Bill? Bill not a science <laughs> what guy. What happened was he's followers. He didn't really even do anything. Then they they said he got hurt. He hurt himself, so he got some sympathy votes. That's the way I look at it. But I have fun doing it. And then when you look at the cast, though, as a whole, you know, that, that, was, that was a tough cast. That was a tough cast. Can I ask you a question? Because we're watching the footage right now on, on our ESPN monitor. News. And people at home are listening to your cars and your, on all your devices. You can't see it. How tight were the pants? Did that limit your motion? No. Your flexibility? Because no, they, they, really, they look really snug. Man, you should have seen some of the stuff they were trying to put me in, though. What, what, what was it? <laughs> what were they trying Sequence, to put you in? Sequence, pants, even tighter than that. I was just like, no, nah, that ain't for me. You had the grease pants on right there. <laughs> yeah, that's black it, grease it right was, there. You know, Z, it was, uh, it was a tough one. But I'm going to start calling a, you black grease when I see you now. Hey, black grease! But look at that. What up, that's, boy? That's, that's, that's some good hip movement. You know, a little action, right? I mean, I think hey. I... <laughs> hey, hey. You know what, though? You got the lips into it, too. You know, when you get the pur- you purse lips, you keep them tight. Mm-hmm. Look at that move, man. That was some good stuff there. Were you making sounds too when you did mm-hmm. them? Were you doing I, the moves? With it the was sounds? very difficult to count music, is one. Count like, music? Yeah, you had to count music with your dance steps. And count your, st- uh, and count count your, your steps. steps. It's so hard to do. Was it like one, two, three, four? Man, one, but two, you got to know four. the beats and you got to hit it. Man, I'm not a damn dancer. But you got soul, though. Yeah, but I, not like that. that. That's not standing on the wall at the club. <laughs> That's not doing this at the club, you know. That's like some real art. So I was right. You are the dude at the club that stands at the wall with the blue po- with the Bluetooth blinking. No, I'm not going to have In a the phone. dark club. No, not at all. Not at all. Just real quick, if you want to run it down real quick, we're going to talk about college football and perhaps the saving of the season and saving Keyshawn for more embarrassment. But uh, just one more. Bill Nye was eliminated right after you were. Okay. Uh, and then the final two, believe it or not, the final three, I want to mention the third. Remember Jack Osborne? I believe yeah, it was Ozzy Jack, Osborne. Jack, yeah, Jack Osborne, okay. another social media guy. Yeah. The last two, the duel to win it all. Corbin Blue from High School Musical. Oh, right? that's, yeah, man. You that's, 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 yeah, you can't that, compete on, with that. I can't compete with that. Yeah. And Glee... Actress Amber Riley. Yeah, Amber, That's not come fair. on now. Yeah, but I was just trying to have you get out of the first round. You're like, you're like, you're like the Houston but Rockets the good, right but now. But the good thing you about are a high seed and you didn't get out of the first round. Shut up. <laughs> the good thing about it is I was the first off. Right. That's the good thing. I can go right. home. Right. I can chill. 
I didn't have to continue to keep doing it. Six hours a day. No. Now wait, no. did you win more money the more rounds that you? Yeah, you, you win more. You win more money the more, but it wasn't worth it. It, it wasn't that worth that. No, to you. Yeah, okay. I'm good. Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, Keyshawn Johnson, our own Kenny Mayne. There have been a lot of people that have been a part of Dancing with the Stars. Again, they are back again September 14th. On ABC. Man. Black Race. You're talking about, before we move on, you're talking about shooting a three in front of everybody watching you. Just imagine doing Dance with the Stars. I'm sitting around, and, the, you know, the stage is small, and the stands are right, and everybody's on top of you, and I'm dancing, and I'm looking, and I'm like, man, these people, man, if I fall or I slip or anything, it's all over the world, millions, you know, and I'm sitting there, God, if I hurt my partner or anything, that sort of stuff is going through your mind. No doubt. It's on ESPN News. We aired it this morning. You can always find it on YouTube uh, as well. So if you want to check it out once you get out of the car, once you're done with work. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Charles Barkley coming up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. The first time Charles joins KJZ. We're looking forward to that. Again, that's coming your way at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Is Big Ten football coming your way this fall? The simple answer at this very moment seems to be no, and it's a pretty firm no from Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. But he had a conversation with President Donald Trump yesterday, which was, quote-unquote, very productive. And then Trump went on to tweet that the opportunity to get the Big Ten back was, quote, on the one-yard line. That's just a tweet. You'll have to take that for what it is. There wasn't too much context to it there. Our Paul Feinbaum, ESPN college football commentator for the last 40 years, was on with us this morning and essentially said, if President Trump can get the Big Ten going in a few weeks across the finish line, whether he's intimately involved or not, perception says this is a huge win for the 45th president. I don't know how they turn it around. And by the way, if they do, yes, it does give Kevin Warren a victory. And most important, I think it gives uh, President Trump a victory that he would use. And quite frankly, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him. If he got college football back and running in three or four weeks in the Big Ten, uh, it would certainly change votes, I think, in Pennsylvania and Ohio and, and Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa. Those are all four, uh, four or five critical battleground states. Uh, you, know, you can't keep politics out of this, but you have to look at the, real, the reality of it. But if you're asking me today, anything really happened yesterday no i don't think it did i think we're still back to where we were yesterday morning very interesting ohio and iowa right now according to all the political pundits are a trump lean but wisconsin pennsylvania and michigan which donald trump won by just under eighty thousand votes combined have four big 10 schools in those three states so we'll wait to see what happens jay there was an 11-3 vote though from the very very top that essentially said we do not want college football in the Big Ten. That's going to be tough to change because the people voting at that level, the chancellors, you and me and Key and half the people listening, love college football. Those guys love their legacies, and they're thinking way more than just sports. Yeah, and you have to get to 9 to 5, obviously, and to say yes in right. order for them to play. A couple 14 things. schools in the league. Yes, a couple of things. Number one, I don't like hypocrisy. So I don't like people that say, hey, uh, we don't like politics in sports, but then you like politics in sports when it's convenient. That's number one. Number two... Uh, anybody that says, hey, Donald Trump is trying to get the, the Big Ten swing votes, because um, I do believe that two things can be true at once. Donald Trump is trying to get the Big Ten swing votes in order to get more votes, obviously, for the election. Yes, I do believe that's true. Is Donald Trump wrong about should we have football in the Big Ten? No, I don't think he's wrong. Right. It's a very complex issue. It, when you're watching the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC move forward with football. When you watch, you know, other high school sports, they're playing football. That we, we don't have consensus of data, and that's ultimately the problem. 
So as the Big Ten is saying, hey, we're trying to collect more data, you have other leagues that are then saying, hey, we feel comfortable while we're collecting data that we're open to play. And, and my only thing about this, and I start off with Keyshawn saying, I think that we should have, have football, college football, and I think I've kind of made that transition into I'm okay with it. Are you trying to protect people from themselves to a degree? Yes, you are. But we also allow kids to go to war, young adults to go to war. Not kids, young adults to go to war when they're 18. So for me, like I said, the personal preference for me, considering my family situation, my mom being immunocompromised, my daughter being immune suppressed, I wouldn't allow them to do things like that. But if you feel like you don't have any predispositioned issues that you feel comfortable to play, ultimately has to come down to your decision. And obviously there's a lot of people in the Big Ten that feel like they want to see football. I I understand. I'm on the side of not playing. Um, Kevin Warren, the, the the chancellors, the presidents of those universities that voted 11-3, they have whatever data that they have that they're not comfortable with. Whatever the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 conference they have, they're comfortable with that. I'm of the belief that you don't try and force kids to, or not necessarily even force, try to put kids out on the field for your own self agenda and not the well-being and the health of them. You, you, you shouldn't be doing that political gain aside for, I just, it's hard for me to, as a football player to sit up here and say they should be playing on top of that. They ain't getting no damn money out of it. They're not professionals. They're not being paid, but you expect for them to get out on the field, run up and down the field, for what, for who? What would you say to the people that said Saturday night on ESPN, we played a college football yeah. game and it was fine? Today. Will it be fine tomorrow? But, but isn't that the thing, though, Key? If you're looking at will it be okay tomorrow, then you, you can feel people that want to see Big Ten football, the frustration by saying, okay, like why aren't we still playing? If, if it's tomorrow that we have to shut it down, or do we treat it like – MLB, where we have a series of flare-ups, but we keep the ball moving down the field, right? You adjust, but you, you know, considering what the situation Jay, is at the you, current you're time. You're talking about professional sports with guys being paid, right? I mean, you can't leave that out of the equation. Still, I mean, but we still SEC, Big Twelve, that's ACC, their, but that's their decision. I, I would tell them not to play either. There's people that are op- players that are opting out to protect their future for the NFL because the universities, they're not gaining anything. I hear you, but how about the players that don't have the opportunity to go to the NFL? And, and, and like, th- th- don't, if they want to play, shouldn't they be allowed to play? That opportunity is coming next season. They're gl- allowing them to come back to school. If they don't start in the spring, they can play in the fall. Health is most important. I hear you. That's so, why Kevin Warren is not uh, succumbing to any pressure but the thing at is, this very moment. And it doesn't look like, like Paul Farm, I said, is that, that conversation that he had really is the, nothing. It went nowhere. So I go to, to this counter argument then. If health is the most important thing, why the hell are we in school? Why are kids even going to school, Zubin? If we're saying health well, is the most important Well, my kids ain't in school. Well, they online. I, I hear you. It, well, you made the transition online, right? But, I mean, some people don't, can't afford the luxury to send their kids online to school. Like, so we're sending kids to school in high school and Grammar schools and all over the, all over the country, everybody's trying to navigate this. So if you're going to use the argument, I, I hear what you're saying because I feel it. But then it's like you know, I have all these schools that are having thousands of kids come on campus and go to school, and they're figuring out that on the fly. But now you're saying, hey, to the athletes, to being do, on the field. Do, let me ask you this though, uh, Jay, I'm about to call you KJZ. <laughs> do, do, do you think 
that Kevin Warren and the Big Ten have information to play and they're not giving it to the players? I I honest I I don't think they're they're not they're not withholding, withholding it. They're not withholding it at all. They want to play just but, as bad as we want to see them play. But the health and the well being of these young men but are important but to I don't, them. I don't think I don't think the players actually had a say in that. I think they were told what to do, and I think that that's ultimately. I want to be told what to do by medical professionals. Oh, so but, I, I want to be told you, what to do. I hear you, but then you have to understand if other medical professionals are then saying to other kids in other leagues in your same state that it's okay to play when it's not okay for you to play. You start, well, which medical professional do I listen to? And I think that's that's confusing for people. I, and there's I, not a consensus with the medical information. That's I'm the problem. Go, I'm going to listen to the ones that say don't play before I would the ones that say play. That's Indeed. just me. I hear you, um, brother. I hear you. Let's go from college football to the NFL. I want to bring in Adam Teicher. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs, the world champions. We have one person that covers every single NFL team, and I don't think anybody has been on their beat longer than Adam Teicher, 25-plus years with the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's got great insight, and he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Adam, first things first, we saw some big contract extensions for Andy Reid and the GM, 42-year-old Brett Veach, uh, yesterday. Take us inside what happened and the reason for those extensions. Yeah, well, good morning to everybody. And uh, you're right, uh, extensions for Andy Reid and an extension for Brett Veach. And uh, you know, what this means for the Chiefs and the bigger um, picture is now everybody of significance in that organization, players, coaches, general manager, is under contract for at least two more years. So the Chiefs will have some continuity, not just in 2020, but uh, next year as well. Um, it, it's It's hard to overstate the sense of stability that, in particular, Andy Reid, but also Brett Veach have brought to the Chiefs. You know, they the Chiefs had gone through some coaches before Andy Reid got here, and um, uh, gone through some general managers before Andy Reid or before Brett Veach had uh, become their general manager, and, and these two now look like they're going to be here uh, for a while. So, uh, you know, things are setting up for the, uh, a long run for the Chiefs if they make the right decisions here. Uh, Adam, how has things been? What's the consensus with Clyde Edwards? Uh, out there in Andy Reid's offense? Yeah, well, the Chiefs are, are happy with him. Uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Lair looks like a good fit in the Chiefs' offense. He's been their number one back from the first snap in training camp, so there's really no um, debate about who their featured back is going to be. And he, he just looks like he's going to be a, a, a particularly good addition in the passing game. He's got some good hands. He's made people miss in open space. I mean, he's been certainly everything he was advertised in that regard uh, so far. So, um, you know, the Chiefs uh, are pretty happy with him, and uh, you know, he'll step right into that featured back spot. Adam, what are your thought? Adam, what are your thoughts potentially about Leonard Fournette joining this team? Well, I think the Chiefs have their running back. Um, you know, they're, they seem to be all in on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and, and even their second back, uh, a lesser-known player named Darrell Williams, um, who was mostly a backup at LSU. Uh, he played at LSU. He was backup to uh, Leonard Fournette for a little bit and also Darius Geis. So he never he didn't play a lot, but he was one of those guys who uh, really shined when the Chief, with the Chiefs when he signed a couple of years ago as an undrafted free agent, and the Chiefs really like him as well. Uh, I'm wondering about a scheme fit also for Leonard Fournette. So I think the Chiefs have their backs. It, it certainly looks like that to me. 
Adam, the Chiefs were kicking on the door prior to winning that Super Bowl last year. They were so close. They win. They get their rings. We saw them get those rings last night. Is there any concern that the, that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, big money contracts, the players around with those rings, any concern at all whatsoever that they will not remain hungry for the next one? Yeah, that's a good question. And there's never really any way to know for sure until things get started. But I, I've seen a couple things while watching camp that makes me believe the Chiefs still have that hunger. Um, they, they had a, a banner raising. They had a public practice for, for some of their season ticket holders uh, on Saturday in the stadium. And what they did at the end of practice was they raised a, a, a banner for their Super Bowl championship. And the players were, it was at the end of practice, the players were still out on the field. And I was watching the players as they were watching the, the flag go up and there was a little presentation on the video board. And I, I thought, I expected to hear some shouts and some, some uh, them to, to be, you know, tossing helmets or celebrating in some way. And it, I saw none of that. I mean, it was, uh, you know, they, they just sort of watched passively. And then when it was over, just sort of walked into their locker room. So, uh, um, you know, uh, hey, you can take that maybe at, at some different ways. I took it as, uh, hey, last year was over, we're moving on. And then Andy Reid had a little bit of a, a press conference after that, and, and he was asked about the banner raising, and he said, hey, that's nice, but we've got the Texans coming to town. Um, and so he was already focusing his players on, uh, on what's coming up down the road, and you know, he also pointed out that the Texans did come to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs in Kansas City last year during the red, regular season. And one more point about that, um, Andy Reid's practices, and particularly in training camp, are amazing. They get so much good work done, and it's been that way ever since he's uh, been with the Chiefs. You know, there's no fighting, there's no extracurricular stuff, there's no standing around, there's no goofing off. I mean, they, they just get in good work every, uh, you know, every practice, and it's no coincidence that in Reed's seven years with the Chiefs, one year they started off 9-0, and two years they started off 5-0. and Last year they started off 4-0. and Hey, I can't tell you they're going to start off 9-0, and 5-0, and 4-0, or even 1-0 and this year. But I can tell you just from watching them practice for, for three weeks or so that if they don't do any of those things, it won't be because they wasted their time in training camp. Adam, if ultimately the Chiefs do not win a Super Bowl, why? Uh, you know, I, I think it's all set up for them to win another one. I mean, they have the quarterback, they have the pieces around him. Brett Beach, one of the things I think he's done, he's been very conscious of is not just throwing Pat Mahomes out there and saying, you take care of us, Pat. I mean, he's been very good about surrounding him with uh, offensive skill players and, and Sammy Watkins when they signed him and drafting McCole Hardman last year and drafting Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. I mean, he seems committed to keeping Pat Holmes, Mahomes surrounded with good offensive talent. So that part of the ball looks pretty solid. You're defensively, just about everybody's back from last year. They finished strong on defense, uh, the, the best scoring defense in the league over the last six weeks. So uh, um, you know, things are set up to, uh, to, for, for them to pick up where they left off defensively. So we'll see, but um, I, I feel like it's going to take a pretty good effort on somebody's part to, to knock them off. Real quick here for me, Adam, if, if anybody was to unseat them within the division, who would it be? I like the Chargers. Um, I think that's a pretty good roster. Now they've lost a couple um, pretty good pieces to injury here recently, and that's a, a, a problem, but uh, I, I think that's a pretty good roster. 
that uh, underachieved last year, but uh, um, you know, I, I think it's set up to maybe uh, bounce back at least to some extent. So that's the team I've got my eye on is the Chargers. But you know, the other two teams uh, they, they they announced by by their offseason moves they're coming after it, the Chiefs. You know, they're not mm-hmm. going to be sitting around and uh, taking this for a number of years like maybe some of the teams in the AFC East did with the Patriots. So we'll see how it works out for the Broncos and the Raiders. But I think both those teams improved themselves as well. Agreed. Kansas City opens the NFL season in eight days, taking on the Texans. As Adam mentioned, they waited 50 years between championships, and now they could get two in as many. Adam, thank you so much. Hey, anytime, guys. Thank you, Adam. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line and wait till you see who is next. Simply put, don't go anywhere because Keyshawn and Charles Barkley are going to be on the same end of a phone. That is next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN. What am I, chop liver? No, no, you're here too. (laughs) Controversial takes, that's all. Controversial takes. (laughs) Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Without any further ado, let's go to the Shell Pennzoil performance line and our first opportunity to speak with Charles Barkley here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Charles, you have been probably the strongest voice in sports analysis for a better part of two to three decades. Are you ready to share that stage with Keyshawn Johnson? Well, I just want to say two things. Number one, guys, good luck with the new show. Uh, really happy for y'all. And secondly, do I get some gas for doing y'all show or something? <laughs> Come on, Chuck, man. You want some free gas, CB? <laughs> as many times hey, as I... I- Got hey, listen, if y'all gonna be plugging some on. gas, I want some gas, man. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that you gotta talk to the marketing department for that. That ain't that's not on our wheelhouse, you know? So let me hey, ask well, you. Well, listen, guys, really seriously, good luck with the new show. I'm happy for y'all. Appreciate it, dog. Appreciate it. Let me ask you this question though. The Nuggets match up against the Clippers. Let's just start there. Do the Nuggets have any chance of possibility at all? Zero. It's a perfect matchup for the Clippers. You know, actually, I think we knew, first of all, I want to admit one thing. I was 100% wrong on the Blazers. I thought they had enough, uh, but when they started, they just wore down. But when we started, and Jay Will, you know, he's a basketball guy, no disrespect to you two guys. We knew, well, since because of the pandemic, it's been like almost a year. We knew a year ago it was going to come down to the Lakers and the Clippers, and I've seen nothing the last two weeks that's made me think anything differently. CB, I, we gotta talk. I want to talk to you about James Harden's legacy here. I mean, I, 
I knew OKC was good. I paid attention to them the whole year. But, like, if they don't get it done tonight, not only is Mike D'Antoni gone, what do you think happens with Houston in general? Well, I think they're going to be stuck with those two guys. Well, because what's going to be interesting, I do think if they lose tonight, uh, that, first of all, if, even if they win tonight, I don't think they can beat the Lakers. I, I don't think anybody thinks that. But secondly, if they lose tonight, I think D'Antoni's gone. But I think the Rockets are stuck with James and Russ because you know they're both making about forty million dollars for the next three or four years. Um, so I think whatever happens tonight is like it's going to be from an organizational standpoint, it's going to be tremendous because, like I say, Mike is gone if they lose. But also, like I say, those guys make forty million dollars for the next three years. So like nobody's going to take that type of money. Uh, and what would be interesting is. If you if Mike gone, how would they play going forward? What kind of coach are you gonna bring in? Because the way Mike Mike is a terrific coach, but they play just one way. And so I don't know what they're gonna do going forward, whether they win tonight or not. Chuck, Giannis, you know, there's some questions about Giannis out there about his play and obviously they down one oh. Can the Bucks or any team for that matter win with just Giannis? I don't think they have just Giannis key in fairness. They just got an awful half court offense. You know, they haven't gotten better. It's just, I mean, think about it. It's, we're talking about the same stuff that we're talking about for for last year. Like when you build a wall against Giannis, can the Bucks score? They haven't gotten better offensively. If you hold them to a half court, they struggle in a half court offense. Even game one. I said at halftime, man, I don't feel good about this for the Bucks because Middleton and Lopez had played great, but it was a low-paced game, and the Bucks can't win a low-paced game because when they get the ball on offense, if they don't get a layup or a dunk, they just get a ball to one guy, whether it's most of the time it's Giannis, but the other times it's either uh, Middleton and they go one-on-one. So they really miss Bledsoe the other night because he can get them some points in a half, in a full court type of thing. But it's more about their offense than anything else. Chuck, I want to transition to college football for a second. I know you being an Auburn guy, big SEC guy, big into college football. What are your thoughts on Donald Trump talking to Kevin Warren the other day and, and what the Big Ten is doing as it relates to not playing this far? Well, I was watching you guys this morning. Listen, man. I don't want to act like I, I hate acting like I know everything in the room. I don't know if it's safe to play football or not. I really don't. I, first of all, I don't think anybody does. Uh, so I think it's a fascinating conversation. But I will tell you this one thing. I'm an SEC guy. They going to play football. Let's get that out the way. The SEC don't care what anybody says. The SEC is going to play. I know the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both packed it in. But the SEC, it would take a rash of COVID. Like, I'm not talking five players or ten players. Like, it would have to take over a whole team. But being from the South, I know how important college football is. Like I say, I don't know the right or wrong answer to the question. But listen, the SEC is going to play football. So so I think it's a fascinating. I love watching you guys and 
ESPN talking about it, but the SEC does not care what the rest of the world thinks unless there's a crazy outbreak. The SEC is going to play football. They don't care what the rest of the world think, plain and simple. Do you think, though, Chuck, do you think they should be playing, though? Yeah, you know, Key, that's a, I just don't know, man. I don't know if it's safe or not. Would, let me, let me ask like you this, though, Chuck. Let me ask you this. Would you be playing? Well, you know, I don't think it's fair to ask players. Key, you know how we are. Mm-hmm. Players always want to play. Uh, players always want to play. Uh, so I think that's what I always tell people. You can, as a coach, as a coach and an organization, when a guy's hurt, you should never take his opinion because we're we're, we're warriors. All warriors want to play. We don't care if it's safe or not. And now you're dealing with 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. And come on, man, we all know we were stupid when we were like kids. We all knew that. So I, I don't know how to answer your question. Yeah, I probably would have played. I'm not worried about my safety at 18, 19 because I just want to play. I mean, I think about all the times in the NBA I was getting injections. Like, they're like, hey, this is not safe for you to play. I said, yo, man, stick that needle in my knee, my ankle, my back. I don't care. I just want to play. I got these guys in this locker room. I love them like brothers. I just want to play. Now, now I'm 57. I'm like, yeah, man, I probably shouldn't have been taking all those injections back in the day. <laughs> You know, but that's just the way we are. We want to play, so I don't. I don't. I just don't know the answer to the question if it's safe or not. But the, the, I want to answer your question truthfully. Like, yeah, I, I'm probably going to play. To be honest with you, CB, bringing back to the NBA for a second here. Uh, if I were to exchange you and Elton Brand, are you keeping that duo together with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? You breaking them up? What are you doing? Well. First of all, you've been fantastic on that subject, not just now, for a year. Listen, I sit them down and tell both of them, it's time for y'all to grow up. It's time for y'all to grow up and be professional. Herm Herm Edwards was one of my favorite people in the world. He always says the word, and he emphasizes, this is professional sports. This is professional if I'm Elton Brand, I sent ben, ben down and I said, Ben, I gave you $170 million. And people are still asking you in three or four or five years, can you shoot? I gave you $170 million. Can you answer the question one way or the other? I sit Joel Embiid down. I said, Joel, I gave you $170 million. Can you get in shape for me? I don't think those are unfair questions. And then I make my decision after that. I bring in a a disciplinarian because both of those guys just walked all over Brett Brown. Brett Brown's a good man. He's a good coach. But they walked all over him. We should not be having all these questions five or six years into somebody's career. I'm going to put myself in this situation, and I shouldn't do that, but I'm going to. When I sit down with Billy Cunningham and Moses Malone, I said, why am I not getting to play? And they said to me, you fat and you lazy. It hurt. It hurt me a lot. But then I had to go to my, my condolences. Are they telling me the truth? And I lost 50 pounds and became a great player. 
those two guys, they need Elton Brand and whoever they bring in as coach to sit them down and say, yo, Ben, I'm not sitting around five or six years into your career and asking, can you shoot? And Joel, I'm paying you all this money, man. Get your fat ass in shape. <laughs> you know, those, right. so, so Jay Will, that's how I answer your question. Because if you trade those guys, you're not going to get anything for them that's going to make your team better. You got two all-stars. I think it's better. And listen, let's get one thing straight. They're both terrific players, but they could be even better. I told Ben this. Ben, you can be an all-star the way you are now, but you can't ever be a superstar. And Joel's the same way. You can be an all-star, but you can't be a superstar until you get in shape. Uh, and that's and that. So that's how I would answer your question. I keep both of them. Chuck, who's the perfect coach that's out there out of all the candidates that can get that exact thing done that you're talking about? <sighs> Man, you, you know what's interesting, uh, Key? These coaches today are cowards. They are so afraid to coach their players. They're so afraid to step on toes. Listen, when I was growing up, coaches weren't afraid of you. They're like, no, I might get fired, but I'm going to get fired my way. The coaches today are such cowards. And listen, the players make so much money. But I, I tell them, I, like, I talk to coaches all the time. And they're like, we, and they're like cause I said, yo, man, you're going to get fired. You might as well get fired your way. You can't let the players tell you how to do things because they're going because you're going to get fired. So I'm not sure who I would hire. I would love to see them get a young guy who's going to hold them accountable. Because even Josh Richardson said, "Oh, there's no accountability around this organization." Because he had been with the Miami Heat, and one thing I'm sure about the Miami Heat, Spoelstra and Pat Riley going to hold you accountable. They're going to hold you accountable. And Josh Richardson said that. He says, there's no accountability around him. Which I live in Philly, so everybody knows that. Uh, so I don't know who's a uh, – I would get a coach who's just going to hold those guys accountable, plain and simple. We could do this all day long with Charles Barkley, but we've got to pay some bills so Chuck can get his free gas. Really appreciate you being with us this morning. We hope to do it again real soon, Charles. We'll see you on TNT. Thanks, Chuck. Hey, guys. Hey, thank you. Good luck with the show. And anytime y'all need me, let me know. Thanks, brother. Thanks. All right. He's the best. Charles Barkley on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Still to come, listen to this. This is late breaking this morning from the NFL. One quarterback really wants to play this season, and he's even going out on a limb quoting Ivan Drago from the Rocky movies to prove his point. Who is it, and what's this all about? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. I'm not going to let Zubin keep asking you questions. What's going on? He's never watched Tiger King. We are in a major pandemic in the middle of the spring. There's only two things that you should have really honestly paid attention to or else you were under a rock. There's Tiger King in The Last Dance. So Carol Baskin allegedly fed her husband to these tigers. Allegedly. And but, now she's on Dancing with the Stars. And now she's on Dancing with the Stars. The only place in America that you can do that is only here. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Unbelievable, right? Carol Baskin is upgraded all the way to Dancing with the Stars. I did see all 10 parts of the Jordan documentary. How long was Tiger King? Like, what am I oh, missing? I How many episodes? How many episodes was it? it was, I don't know. I, it, I feel it, like it I watched 10? it 20 years ago. It might have been 10 or 11. I, I, it was a lot. It was a lot. You need to, you know, you need to go back seven? to the crib and just sit Evan, with Evan it. We're out of here at 10 in the morning. Seven. I could binge watch it and have a full That's report for you tomorrow. I, yeah. I binge every day. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Apparently, I need to get a little more progressive on Netflix, figure out what's going on in the world. We are joined every morning by guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Tomorrow, Ed Reed, Lorenzo Cain, and Damian Woody would be here. Lorenzo Cain opting out of the Major League Baseball season. It'll be very interesting to get his thoughts. We're also, go, go no, ahead. Go ahead. Go. Read. We're also brought to you by Indeed. Just pay one more bill. Got to pay one more bill. <laughs> If finding a high-impact hire is a serious goal for your business, use Indeed. Their flexible payment options mean better bang for your buck with no long-term contracts. They'll even give you a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post at Indeed.com slash high-impact. Terms and conditions apply. Key back to you. I, Come, I on, just, Come on, Come no, on, Don't no, be Mike D'Antoni. No, stop. Well, man, you, man, come on, I'm joking. Stop. I'm joking. People already think that I'm like, never mind. But no, what I was going to say is you should watch Tiger Kings. That way you know when you see a big tiger walking in Manhattan to stay away from it. Don't walk up to it. Don't pet him, cute little, you hey know, little guy. No, don't do that. cat. Because you would be like, a, you wouldn't even be a snack. He would be like one of those little, you know how the chef always sends you out something? Like a just, just a nibble on. Just a nibble a on while nibble. we're getting, getting your entree ready. That's what you would be. I would hey. be an appetizer. Uh, not even an appetizer. Less than. A tapas? I'd be like a tapas. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Zubin, on a random note though, the hair is really laid down well today. I'm feeling as fresh looks, as I ever good. have. I think yesterday is a he lot to do He used fresh. I got yeah. it. Fresh okay. in the do-rag from yesterday. I'm proud of you. Listen to the podcast for more on that, although the video would be better than the audio in that regard. For Jay, maybe not for me. Big story here out of the NFL before we get out of here. This is going to cause a lot of talk. He'll be talking about this on NFL Live at 4 Eastern for sure. This is Kirk Cousins stories on ESPN.com if you want a little bit more. This is him in response to COVID-19, getting the coronavirus. Quote, If I die, I die, the Minnesota Vikings quarterback said during a recent interview with Spotify's 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt podcast, very good podcast, I kind of have peace about that. He did say that he does not think face masks work in helping to prevent the spread of COVID-19, but he has also said on the other side of it, he tried to respect others' concerns 
about the virus. Quote, Cousins, I'm not going to call anybody stupid for the trouble it would get me in, but I'm about a point zero 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 one. Cousins replied, I would assume that would be with regard to getting it and then dying from it. Key, what do you think about this? I mean, if, if he wants to die, then that's on him. I mean, I, I can't tell him, like he said, I can't tell him how to feel. I know one thing that I'm going to be doing Which is, is I'm going to be wearing my damn mask because yeah. I'm listening to the people in the white coats with the pins tucked in. Other than that, I'm not – that's on him. If he feels that way, I certainly wouldn't want that to be my teammate mm. in taking it and looking at it as it's reckless to me. That type of conversation is just reckless. Like, you – man, you want to you be careful. You want to be careful. Think about the people around you. That's the important part. The people around you, the coaches, the, the players, their families – Take it serious. Don't take it and, and think that this is a joke because it's not. What, how many How many deaths? 180,000. 185,000. Yeah, 185, yeah. like, I'm going to go ahead and say it. it. That was a stupid comment. And I, I don't use terminology like that to but describe what people why, say. The only reason why, sorry, Jay, the only reason why I said the, what the, the way I said is because if he feels that way, that's cool. I don't, I'm not going to condemn him for feeling like if he catch it, he die, he die. That's how he feels about his life and things like that. It's other people's lives. But see, I'm talking about. I, I don't think that's how Kirk actually feels. I think Kirk was probably saying that around in a joking manner. And I, I've spent time with Kirk. He's always seemed professional to me. And when you look up pictures of him and his family online, when I see him with his wife, Julie, and his two kids, I know he doesn't mean that. Because I know he, he there's no way any just, man who has, a, hey, who has an incredible I, wife and incredible kids would say, if I die, I die, I'll be fine. Hey, no, we don't live our lives that way. And I'm not going to let him set that example for other people out there that uh, don't think that way. All I could do, Jay, is go off of what he said uh, and what's on record. That's all I could do. I, I can't, you know. It, it was shocking to me because I've interviewed Kurt and sat down with him and, and sit downs. And it was like, and I think like you. I'm like, well, maybe you just was playing and, and kind of joking around or whatever. And it got to this point. I don't know. But it's out there and it's certainly going to be talked about here today tomorrow you know it's going to be talked about and and this is the age we live in sometimes you may think you're having a friendly conversation where you joke around but as we've learned over the last couple of months mike is always hot and what you say could be interpreted a lot of different ways especially if you're addressing this pandemic regardless whether if you don't think it's serious you know then know that other people who have lost loved ones they think it's really serious yes absolutely and it is serious so know that with a grain of salt when you decide to approach the subject matter. The league has conducted over 100,000 coronavirus tests. Only 10 players and other team personnel testing positive in the last testing period. See you tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.